Hi, I'm Tara. I'm Dan. And welcome to Stars Hollow Weekly. The show where we discuss the Gilmore Girls. Weekly. Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are discussing season one, episode four called The Deer Hunters. Oh my. Okay. We're this, hunting some deer. Yeah, this is where the uh, two Lorelei's um, go on a hunting trip. Complete with <laughs> rifles and yep, orange uh, gear. Robert De Niro comes in, Ned Beatty, everybody. Or <laughs> going by the IMDb description, and I do love my IMDb, Rory is still playing catch-up at Chilton, and Max Medina gives her the first bad grade she has ever received. Rory yells at Paris and Tristan. Oh, that is the best. It really was that the is. best. <laughs> So, starting off, I have to know, what do you think of Max Medina? Max Medina is very nice, and I can't not see Wolf <laughs> from the Tenth Kingdom. I I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, he's he's uh he makes quite an impression in the Tenth Kingdom. So it, it is hard to see him as someone different. Max Medina, of course, played by the lovely and talented Scott Cohen. Yeah. Yep. So when was the Tenth Kingdom? Tenth Kingdom, I, I think Since it was you have a, IMDb open. I think it was around the same time. I think it might I have actually so. been ninety nine. Oh, okay, so it was right before this then. Yeah. Um. Let me double check it. Okay. I'm clicking on Max Medina. So the Tenth Kingdom was an NBC his, uh, uh, miniseries put on. Um, we're guessing in the nineties about um, a fairy tale world uh, to. New Yorkers get sucked into this fairy tale world, and Scott Cohen plays um, Wolf, Wolfie. Um, he plays a man that is half man, half wolf. Um, he's the one of the biggest comic reliefs of that movie. Not that it wasn't all pretty funny, but um, his acting ability is just through the roof. You got to watch the movie to see what we mean. It came out in 2000 officially. It did. So that was coming out. And then Gilmore Girls at the same time. So you could see him. You could see him everywhere. Uh, And let's just talk real quick about... uh, the actor behind Max Medina, Scott Cohen. Scott Cohen yes. was born in the Bronx. <laughs> Son of a jazz musician, Jack Cohen. Scott's original aspirations were toward music. And to this day, he oh. remains an accomplished and talented pianist. He attended SUNY New Paltz. What? State University of New York at New Paltz. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Where a course in clowning led to the start of his acting <gasps> career. Oh, so hold on to that information. That comes up in season two. Yeah, and he no, was, no. Oh, that he, comes it really up does. In season two clowning. <laughs> yes, that's so amazing. Hold on to that information. So we'll hit that in a few months from now. So I don't know if we'll remember, that's but phenomenal. that's so funny. And he was born December nineteenth, nineteen sixty-one. Okay. And how old is Lauren Graham? Just checking that real Not quick. Sure. 1967, March 16th, Okay, so in real life, he is a little older than her. Yeah. So what do you think of Max? You said he's very nice. I think he's what nice. Else? He's smart. He tries to be funny. He's <laughs> obviously someone that they wanted to invest a lot of time in because they gave him way more lines in the cold open than they've ever given any of the other teachers yet. Or any 
secondary or tertiary character except for Sookie. Right. So they are setting him up to be a main character. So that's why I keep bugging you what you think of him. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's your introduction. I'm guessing you did not see any of the episodes then that I was watching with him in it later on. So you don't know his. Oh, I know he dates Lorelai later. Okay. But you don't know too much about his character. No, no, no. Is he not supposed line. to be a nice person? No, I didn't see that. Okay. I'm just wondering like how much I should say and how much I shouldn't for your sake. All right. So some uh, IMDb trivia from okay. this. Only two uh, items, it says. Liza, Wa- Liza Weil? 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 I'm actually not sure. Okay. Who plays Paris Geller and Dakin Matthews, Hannon Charleston, also work together on Gilmore Girls a year and the life is the same characters. Well, yeah, no crap. As well as on the West Wing as Karen Larson and Simon Bly. Okay, so with that, this is the one I was telling you about that every time they appear in an episode together, that trivia item will appear on IMDb and it's quite annoying. Yeah. Quite. Well, the part where it says they appear together in Gilmore Girls a year in the life, it's just like, well, I would hope so. Yeah. Um, And then um, Matt uh, Zutri, Logan, and Dake and Matthews. Again, and Logan wasn't Johnson. even in this episode. Also he doesn't worked, appear for a while. Yeah. Also worked together on episode 4.2 of The Good Wife. <laughs> See, so these are the ones that I said, like, I, I think we talked about this, like, in our, our when they when we did the pilot episode. Yeah. Um, they're going to keep appearing, and they're boring. And they're going to keep appearing, especially, I guess, even when you don't see the characters together, because Logan is nowhere near this episode. I think maybe even the person thought Tristan was Logan. Maybe. I don't even know. So those might not be the most fun IMDb (laughs) trivia facts or whatnot. But yeah, so. All right. So you like Max Medina. Max seems nice. And lots of quotes from this episode. I wrote down so many of them as well. Oh, good. And, uh great uh quotes on imdb as well yeah there were some good ones you got to see rory freak out a little bit so jesus mary and joseph on a camel oh yeah but that was about coffee too that wasn't even during a freak out not just coffee as it says in the quote really bad coffee (laughs) really bad coffee max medina makes really bad coffee but lorelei could not stop drinking it oh because you know she can't say no to coffee i mean in any form and not only uh I, I wrote I wrote it down. I wrote the okay. down the coffee quote. Um, you can always not drink the coffee. Not in my world. Not in my world. That's right. <laughs> coffee, coffee, coffee. Um, also, I want to know what you think thought of this episode because it's basically like all about Shakespeare. I know. So, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, and in this early time, I'm primarily promoting this through my. Uh, Shakespeare Facebook page show most of you do know but for those of you who are coming up to this years and years later as I ho- hope many and if not most of you are hello future Ooh, what's Ho- it like um, I'm assuming it's terrible the year oh, 2050 oh is apocalyptic California is constantly on fire but Puerto Rico has gone entirely clean energy so you take the good you take the bad you take them both and there you have the Stars Hollow Weekly. <laughs> wow, we're off track. <laughs> All right. Um, so <laughs> so I, in your life. <laughs> in my life, I play professionally William Shakespeare at Renaissance fairs and festivals and for schools. And hey, feel free to book me for your school or library or private event. But I enjoyed the random mentions that they brought out very naturally mm-hmm. of Shakespeare. Um, and Paris was 
quoting Sonnet 116. Okay, so on that, that was a very dramatic and a, to me, a little creepy. Yeah. They had this music. Did you like? I don't know what that music. But they had this music playing, like kind of dramatic. And she's just like over Rory's shoulder, quoting the sonnet to her, deadpan almost. And then says, "You're going down." Yes, like. It's like what is wrong with this person? I yeah, I I like the um, I like later Paris a lot better because this. And we're back. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, I had some technical difficulties, some recording snafus on my computer. But uh, if you could just show um, me your thing. Yeah. You're, you're, we're recording on yours. We're recording yep, on we're mine. we're recording. We are great. Okay, so continuing. So, Paris and the bullies. So, yeah. So, my, my I think I was talking about, like, my theory on bullies. Let's just restate like, that completely. Okay, so you know my theory. I've always had this theory, and it, it kind of irks me when shows do this. Uh, one isn't coming to mind right now. Well, Boy Meets World. I don't know why that one. But he, he had bullies. I feel like it is such a cheap way to, to do a conflict. It's There's so many other storylines and so many creative ways to have conflict in mm-hmm. a story. You don't need to bring in a bully because the bully just comes in and is basically, as Paris said, you're going down. So that's that's really what a bully is to me. So it, they've always kind of annoyed me. It it's a thing that's used, though, in school yes. settings because there are nearly always a bully at school. Exactly. So usually bullies are quite one dimensional too, mm-hmm. but I think they do a little like the Gilmore Girls does better with Paris because she's not just so one dimensional. She actually is a person. She has a character arc. Um, she, I, I obviously like her character better as the series progresses, but um that's like my issue with bullies. Bullies, she doesn't annoy me as much, but it still kind of annoys me because she says to Rory, "You're going down," and it's like, "Well, what is this? Like, where, where were they planning on going with her? Were they planning on it, or did they, were they planning on Paris being that person that brings her down and she was going to disappear, or were they going to give her that whole actual arc, which ended up happening, which I think was a great way to go with it. I am reasonably sure that she was intended to be the bully from the very beginning and then to go away probably to go okay. away but yeah it's know. just it's like that scene like creeped me out it's it's it was just like what what's happening <laughs> she's yeah. like over her shoulder and so yeah yeah but yeah the whole shakespeare thing all the shapes shakespeare facts I enjoyed the parents at the parent-teacher conference complaining about learning about Marlo. That was funny. I was like, ha-ha, because in actuality, nobody knows about Marlo. I know. um, (laughs) But when you're doing a comparative literature course and you're dealing with Shakespeare, it is actually good to do it in that circumstance. So what you don't know, dear listeners, but what Tara knows is that I have a gripe against Christopher Marlowe because of my work as William Shakespeare. Um, everybody often likes to say at a run fair, oh, Marlowe's so great. Shakespeare who? Except that no patron and often no other actor ever can quote anything by Marlowe, let alone name a play by Marlowe. 
by my by by Milo. By Milo, our cat is staring at us right and now. He our cat is named a, Milo, and he is a playwright. Yes, and, um, he is. He was looking at us, judging us, wondering why we were doing this and not paying attention to him. Yeah. So, but no one can ever do that. But that's okay. That's fine because in a comparative literature course, where you're talking about, uh, when you're talking about poetry and plays of the Shakespearean era, the late 16th and early 17th centuries, you have to talk about Marlowe in that context. Because he said, we're also talking about Bacon. We're talking about Edward de Vere that was all on the board. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But it was funny because, you know, and that's that's always been an issue, but uh, going towards the test Mm -hmm. or teaching towards the test. So the... The parents were very concerned, you know, if it's not in the test, I don't want my kid to learn it. Yeah. And and he said, well, they'll need it for a broader spectrum education. And so you see Max trying to be a better teacher than these are parents. And then them just smack talking Lorelai and Rory openly and in oh front of her. Oh, my gosh. What they say, oh, must be a scholarship kid. Yeah, scholarship and so, so what if she was a scholarship kid, too? That means she didn't have to... Well, uh, you know, hey. the pa- yeah, the parents, um, when when Max made a joke, you could bribe the, the AP committee. They all looked around and were like, oh, yeah, how oh. do we do this? How do we how do we bribe um, them? Which reminded me a little bit of what's going on right now with um, the pay for playing colleges. Mm-hmm. But. Um, oh, my God, you're right. It's this is a weirdly prescient show. It No, it is. It has some very pressing issues it it brings up things that we would be concerned about today it's Mm -hmm. interesting you'll see you'll you'll see it as we go they bring up important they bring i don't want to say important people they bring up people that are in the news today yeah that are of concern to us um briefly but still the show yeah the show the show is pretty relevant today too with topics like that can we go back to the cold open Yes. We never actually talked about that, but when they're at the office supply store. Is that's what I was thinking what was it? Because usually not usually, but a lot of times it is the dinner. So yeah, the office supply store. Yeah. And uh Lorelai making fun of Rory for being so serious and Rory's like, I go to a serious school now. She <laughs> and does. And then Lorelai said, Well, then over here let's get some maudlin pens. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, have an intervention for these crazy post-it notes. Yes. Rory's very serious. (laughs) Uh, And then when she was unloading her stuff off of the city bus to go to Chilton at the top of the episode, she had to get on and off the bus three times for all of her bags. She had like five bags. All with books. And it makes sense, though. Remember in uh, her, uh, her first day at Chilton, he handed her like a three inch thick binder. What was that? Like notes for last week. Yeah. Like something crazy, ridiculous like that. So it does make sense. She needs five backpacks. I don't think that happens yeah. again. That uh, was and, to make a point. And in the brief moment where we see Tristan in the hallway, where oh, once again, yeah. he insists on calling her Mary. He was once again, rapey. So rapey. And so creepy. He is and entitled, just entitled. There is that entitlement, yeah. I mean, and it makes sense to an extent they're at a very entitled rich kid's school. But wow, he makes even that look bad. I mean, like, like, I mean, he's bad even for that, I should say. You know? He is. In a situation where you expect it. Right. And he's, 
he's special too. That, that might not be the right word, but other people in other people that was in, Tara's phone. By that the way. was that was Tara's phone. We heard ding. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't think so. All right, no, no. Oh, oh. Oh, that was my computer dinging. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Blaming my phone. It came from your lap. My phone yeah, was it w- here. Yeah, it was an Apple noise, and I forgot. <laughs> Everything in this house is an Apple at the moment. Yes, it sorry. is. Sorry, you heard but, my computer um, ding. But other people in the school, they're not like that. Tristan <laughs> seems to be one of the only ones. Well, Paris, oh, well, she's not rapey, she's, but she's no. heinous. She is. She has her own issues, and that's what the writers do very well, too. They give people that backstory. Again, people, the characters aren't just one-dimensional. So you do find out a little bit more about Tristan's life. Speaking of one dimension, yeah, Lane, your big complaint is they never really develop her, but little things like she's not allowed to eat candy bars. Oh, yeah, she's not allowed to eat anything. It's chocolate-covered death. It is. With a chewy caramel surprise. Yeah. She was <laughs> eating her sad little 15-calorie rice cake. Speaking of Lane, though, you did get to see her closet, her room the way it would be if she got to decorate her whole room. I was so surprised by that because mm-hmm. I remember seeing what her room looked like, but then she's in there and you see this lava lamp and everything's going around. There's pillows everywhere. I'm like, yeah. wow, Lane's allowed to have this. When does that change? And then she opens the door and... It's a tiny closet. Well, yeah, and then you see the rest of her room, which is Lane's room, and it's it's so simple. She has the bed. She has the desk. There's barely, there's no pictures on the wall. There's no decoration. There's a crucifix. There's a crucifix. Like, there's not, it's very plain, almost as if she's a grandmother. <laughs> a boring grandmother. In the 1800s. <laughs> a boring grandmother in the 1800s. But you get to see Lane as she would be with all of her, all of the things that she would want to be. And not that she, it's just, I wish they went into her storyline more and they do a little bit more in the future. Well, it's not called the Kim girls. It's called the Laura. I understand. It's called the Gilmore girls. But sometimes to me, and and this this is what I've always wondered about the show. Is Rory an incredibly selfish human being? Yes. Or wait for it. Or is that just the way it is? Like you said, it is not the it is not called the the Kim show, um, the Lane Kim show. It is called the Gilmore Girls. We do have one episode in the future where where Lane is having an issue and Rory again is ignoring her is not answering her question. You, It's always about Rory, Rory, mm-hmm. Rory, Rory. Yeah. So I've always wondered, is that because Rory is a selfish person and that's how they're writing her? She's kind of selfish or is it just the way the show way any show is, it's the main character. Of course, it's going to be more about the main character. Um, a little of that. Yeah. Being, of course, it's just going to be about the main character. But it, to an extent, it's kind of lazy writing. And it's indicative of the period. Look at, well, look at Friends, which is the biggest show in the world at this time. Friends is about, I mean, now granted, you have six people mm-hmm. to to play with there. 
but it's about them at the expense of anybody else that comes into their world. No one else is developed. No one else is interesting unless they're ultra interesting, you know? Okay. More of like a character. Yeah. Actor. So um, none of Monica's boyfriends were interesting until you get Tom Selleck. Right. And then they actively went out of their way to make Tom Selleck interesting. Um, no one else's parents were interesting, even though you had Elliot Gould being Ross and Rachel's um, father. Ross and Rachel's father? Yeah, he had... I don't think Ross and Rachel would um, share a father. Ro- Ross and Monica's. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm so sorry. Uh, Ross and Monica's father, Elliot Gould, and a phenomenal character actor, very funny man. They give him funny lines, but they don't make him interesting. Um the next interesting, the only interesting parent was uh, Chandler's uh, uh, mother, Morgan Fairchild. Played and it. his father. And, oh, oh, yeah, his father was uh, played by Kathleen Turner. Right. That's right. So they they gave Chandler interesting parents, but they they um, but they were still kind of one dimensional. Um, so that's what it's I just mean. it's just writing of the period. Okay, you focus on your central characters to the detriment of other people. You give them quirks to make them interesting on the surface. Of oh, you have fun, neat friends, right? But that's what I wonder. They could have made Rory because I I don't feel the same. Kind of, I don't feel the same way with Lorelai and Suki. Yeah, I feel that Lorelai and Suki's friendship is pretty even mm-hmm. uh or what, what would you what would you call it? more more egalitarian egalitarian yeah that's a good word i feel their friendship is more egalitarian if if Sookie has a problem lorelei will listen to it she'll be there they're actual friends and of course there are some times when it is the lorelei show because obviously it's called the Gil- gilmore girls but i feel like that does not happen as much with rory and lane i feel like it's always about rory not mm-hmm. so much right now so i'm not saying this is when it happens well also sookie and michelle at least at this point mm-hmm. are interesting enough side characters that an entire show could take place just at the inn okay I mean, yeah so that Basically, keep calling the Gilmore Girls for the sake of argument, but the primary location for it to take place could be the Independence Inn. Right. And um, Sookie and Michelle are slightly larger characters than Rory. Okay. And it would be an equally fun show. Yeah, it would. But that would be more, that would be more of like, uh, let's call it the sitcom treatment of it. Okay. You know, of... Oh, a wacky workplace comedy. I see what you mean. Okay. But I feel to an extent that's how they were trying to write. That was a Pushina corn that you just heard. We just uh, accidentally sat on a Pushina corn. Um, <laughs> it was you. It was not me. The first one I accidentally blamed on you. This The second one you intentionally blamed on me. <laughs> It was you. But I feel like they were trying to write Suki and I keep I keep going back and forth between Suki and Suki. It is Suki. And then I, I do say Suki because I don't know why. Uh, I but don't know. But it is Suki. Do they always say Suki or? Yes, they okay. always say Suki. Okay. It's my so, weird accent. <laughs> I can't understand your accent. <laughs> they keep going back and forth 
with Suki and Michelle trying to, I feel, write them like it's a wacky workplace comedy. You know what I mean? Okay, I see what you mean. Like Suki's absolute OCD level obsession with the risotto <laughs> and the review. That's that, her work. But that That's... was but that was more sitcom level antics. I don't I don't know if I agree with the sitcom portion because you you brought up it's Friends, hi- for example. It's very heightened reality in that case. Yes, it's heightened reality. I see it more though as the I think we, we talked about this already, but just the 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 characters. Mm-hmm. They are characters. Yeah. They do have that heightened reality, but when I think of sitcom, I think of like goofy and cheap. I don't think of the characters in Gilmore Girls is just goofy and cheap. Okay. They never, usually in a sitcom, especially, you mentioned Friends, and I apologize if anyone is a Friends fan, but. I'm not really. I'm so well, yeah, sorry. I loved it when it was on. I liked I, the first two seasons. Well, yeah, and I, I loved it back then. But In looking, the 90s. I in the it. 90s, yes. But when I watch it now, I ask myself, what did I like about this? Because it's, a, um, especially later on, it's a lot of cheap jokes. And usually you see sitcoms of that time kind of go down the drain after mm-hmm. a certain number of seasons. And Except Cheers. Cheers was great beginning to end. Right. And there are those exceptions. Same thing with like Frasier, for example. But Frasier is a national treasure. Okay. So we won't get on that. But uh, not, not the actor. I'm just saying the, the show is a national treasure. But I don't see them as a cheap laugh. Yeah. So I see it more as like Babette, for example. Mm-hmm. She's not a cheap laugh. She's a character. Kirk is in a cheap. It's, you, you know, it's it's the same thing. Sure. But on that, it's kind of funny mm-hmm. um, that we're talking about cheap laughs from mm-hmm. sitcoms from that era. And that dovetails very nicely into um, something very embarrassing. Oh, no. Rory not wanting to tell Lorelai about the D that she got on the paper in Max Medina's class. And she goes, okay. come on, you once told me you like Saved by the Bell. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that's one of those things of, we all liked Saved by the Bell no, at the loved time. loved Saved by the Bell. Oh, loved, I beg your pardon. <laughs> and it's one of those things that we all enjoyed it at the time. We all watched it. And you go back and you look and you're like, this is not a good show. Like, why did I like, exactly. So there you go. It even makes a joke of why you don't like sitcoms. Yeah. Because it's embarrassing now. <laughs> there are some sitcoms, though, that are phenomenal. Uh, Again, tons, let's go back yeah. and look at Cheers. Cheers is a perfect sitcom. You go look at the pilot episode of Cheers. You know <laughs> that, who everybody is. You understand them. And it and it works. That's and, another podcast. And, and, and it works. This has been your Cheers minute <laughs> here. Um, join us next week where we talk about... Sam Malone and his love of his bar. Oh, good heavens. (laughs) (laughs) Or another Ted Danson show, The Good Place. No. So back to Gilmore Girls. Okay, we're going to do a Good Place podcast secretly. Tara's not invited. Wow. (laughs) It's going to be me and the cat. We're going to get great guests. Anyway, so back to the Gilmore (laughs) Girls. I don't know if you noticed this, and I'm sure you did. 
they talked about the origin story of how it was decided that Rory was going to go to Harvard. Yeah. And did you notice that at, it, and this happened after Lorelai said to Rory, I don't know how we ever came to that decision. Was it you? Was it me? But in a couple of scenes previous, she said when uh, Rory was four years old, she had decided that Rory was going to Harvard and bought her a Harvard shirt, which they had to use as a makeshift diaper or something like I forget mm-hmm. the story. But Lorelai already admitted that she was the no four-year-old is going to decide to go to Harvard without some outside influence. Exactly. So it was Lorelai's decision. And that, that brings us back to that whole push-pull with does she want Rory to have the life she didn't get in a way? Yes. And that's funny because she spent so she spends so much mental and physical effort to keep Rory from that life. Yet you find out when Rory was four years old, so Lorelai was 20 at that point, she had decided that her daughter was going to go right into that world that she ran away from. Which, to an extent, makes sense because she has regrets as a a 20-year-old. She does. And she didn't get to go off to college, and she's right in that age where she should be off at college enjoying herself, finding out what she wants to do and who she is. And she is finding out who she is and what she wants to do, but while balancing life with Mm -hmm. someone who's barely older than being a toddler. So it really is that that push-pull within Lorelai of, do I want that life for Rory? It's, It's almost as if she wants that life for Rory, but she wants Rory to maintain that distance from that life at the same time. Yes. So at first, Rory does fulfill that i suppose Mm -hmm. she's going to chilton but she's not making any friends more enemies unfortunately not not her fault at all but she's not making any friends there she's not getting wrapped up in that lifestyle she still stays away from it to a degree so lorelei wants her in that world but to be removed from those people i think we referred to it as last episode as them she wants her to, and, and how fair could that be for Rory? I want you to be in this world, but don't be in that world. She Have wants, fun. She wants her to be able to walk in it, but still kind of remember that she is Lorelai Gilmore's daughter. Right, which is not, great. And not Lorelai Gilmore's stand-in for Emily Gilmore. Right, which is good. You you would want your child to remain humble. Yeah. To know that she worked for it. And not saying anyone else didn't work for it, too, because we see at the beginning of the episode, and this changes a little bit, but Louise got an A, Madeline got a B. Uh, Obviously, Paris got an A on her paper as well. Yeah. So while they do play uh, Madeline and Louise a little airheaded later on, which is surprising because apparently they have the grades. Yeah, they do have the grades. Later on, they're not getting getting the grades as much. Maybe Chilton's standards have slipped a bit, but they do have the grades. So, you know, we talk about Tristan being the way he is and Madeline Louise being the way they are. They're still getting the grades. So it's not just that they're entitled. However, sorry to talk so long, but No, no, no. Uh, this is your like, show. Wait a second. No, um, you do hear the parents say, I've gotten a private tutor for my child. So there still is that level of 
that entitlement still. Is they, a private tutor considered entitlement or is a private tutor, we have the money to help ensure our kids succeed? Well, wouldn't that be entitlement? I don't it's, know. Like, let's, if your kid needs the help and you can afford it. Well, that's just it. If you can afford and that's not to get too much into to classism, but yeah. if you're poor, you can't afford a tutor. Yeah. Unless you're like going to like mathnasium. I have no clue, by the way, how much mathnasium costs. But that's just it. If you're if you're poor, you can't afford a tutor. Yeah. So you would have a leg up. At least a private tutor, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, any tutor if it's not offered for free by the school. Yeah. So that's that's the issue too. So they are getting the grades, and we can say they're not entitled. But at the same point, they have parents who are willing to bribe, get private tutors. And then Rory, on the other hand, not saying Lorelai wouldn't get her a private tutor if she needed, but she's not. She doesn't have a private tutor. Yeah, I mean, Lori got a D, and a D at Stars Hollow is like an F at Children. It's worse. It's like a G. It's like a G. Or a W. <laughs> so I'm guessing the spelling test didn't go well either. So many great lines. I know, that whole Lorelai conversation. Gilmore, you go to your room. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> Chocolate covered poor elaine she doesn't get to eat or a place to sit down because it was sailed oh yeah they sold the table they were working on (laughs) that was that was pretty cute that that adequately describes the kim household i feel like it does clear out a little bit because later on people can actually fit in the house they start treating it more like a house and not just a business. Not just a business full of furniture where you can't find anyone else without playing Marco Polo. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Um, uh, can we talk about Suki's, uh, sorry, Suki's risotto? Yes. Her risotto is fine. It was. It was just the, what, Riesling? The wine pairing. Might as yeah. well drink battery acid. What was the, That was the line, right? <laughs> I thought that was interesting how they did that. It was, they didn't show the critic's face. Yeah, not once. And Suki didn't look at the critic. Didn't, yeah. And he he almost had this sing song, or not sing song, but this, like a magnified voice. Like he was putting on a voice Mm -hmm. of some sort. I actually looked him up to see maybe if he was someone like super famous. He wanted to cover his face. They did the Wilson from Home. Right, right. Exactly. But it was it was one of those like we talk about a little bit surreal. Who was it? Um, he starred in a lot of things, but I didn't recognize him. Okay, so it wasn't what I thought. Well, also uh, another great moment while Rory was starting the studying um, hardcore uh, while at Luke's, and she throws the uh, pencil. Luke brings her over to pie and says, "You look like you need pie." I do. Violent pencil tossing usually signals a need for pie. Well, what if I've thrown a pen? I would have brought you a trout. What? I don't make the rules. I just carry them out. Nice. So again, we don't really have Luke as a... Character. As a main character. He's still just diner guy. Random. He's quippy. Quippy. No. Paris is quippy. That was the nickname that <laughs> Rory gives her. And I thought What's that was up, great. Quippy? What, you don't have anything to say now? Oh, my God, it was so great. I love it. She finally says what she thinks, and I think Paris and Tristan deserved her meltdown. I I do, too, because, among other things, Paris 
You're going to be a mean girl? Okay, fine. But know the time and place to do it. Don't do it when the teacher is scolding the student for being late and the student is trying to defend herself. That is not the time and place to be the mean girl. But that was her shining moment because she's telling Rory she's going down and she she arrives late for the test and she can't take the te- take the test. That's her shining moment. Yeah. She's right. You're right. Paris is winning. According to her, Paris is winning. Yeah, and as Rory points out, Paris already has everything. She has the grades, she has it all. Why but does she need to do that? Because she finds Rory intimidating. Whatever she sees, you know, she sees it right in Rory. She sees what she's going to do, but she finds her intimidating for some reason. Yeah. So there is that. Well, Lorelai at least likes Rory's teacher. Well, yes. <laughs> so that's good. Yes. They have that a, might go somewhere. They have a nice little meet cute flirt moment. They do. She's wearing a B-52 shirt under like her the, suit jacket. Do you like the B-52s? <laughs> she didn't even know what he was talking about. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so that's, that's obviously going to go somewhere, as you know. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and uh, it led to uh, a nice meltdown of her own in uh, Headmaster Charles Sound's office. Well, they, yeah, they each have their own meltdown, and Headmaster Charleston even remarks that it must run in the family. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I did not like him at all in that. Like, they made it, no. they, they took a moment to make him human, though, where he said, you're right. And where he, he granted Laura, like, everything she said other than the colorful language. He said, you're right. It's not fair. I think he prides. We do put impossible standards on. Well, yeah, but he prides in that, like he yeah. prides the school and himself in that that it is impossible standards. It's it seems like to him it's a matter of, it's just a matter of fact. If you can't handle it, then almost like Paris said, someone has to. What did she say? The mean thing? Someone has to clean the bathroom or flip the burger. You know, something demeaning like that. And he was almost giving off that same vibe. Someone has to answer the phone. Someone has to answer the phones. Like, something just so demeaning. And that was... again, we're not saying anything about people who have to answer phones. No. No, Paris is, though. I I have had to... But... No, no, no. But that's what it is. She's saying it like... And that's just it. She's saying it like it's this horrible thing. And then... you're You're saying that Paris is calling me a horrible person? Well, no, it's that whole classism thing again. No, I'm saying you're saying. Well, yes, Paris. What does Paris Geller have against me personally? I don't know. I don't know, Dan. It just it just is. I did this for 18 months. I know. I did too. And I'm just letting you know that (laughs) I will go backward in time and I will punch this kid in the face. This fictional character. This fictional child. This fictional child. I will. But that's just it. And and again, it's you know. What does Lorelai do or what, you know, what did Lorelai do when she started? She was a maid. Yeah. So it's that it's that same demeaning looking down on other people. And Headmaster Charleston is more matter of fact about it. It's just, well, not every child is going to be super smart. Maybe Harvard just isn't for you. You have to follow another path. That, that yeah. was his. It was it was very just matter of fact, like you're not. She or Rory's not ready for this, not ready for Harvard. Her path is different. And the whole very rules are rules. Right. 
And then she calls him Il Duce. It's a little harsh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not harsh. Or as she put it, it means kind sir in Cantonese. Ah, yes, kind sir. <laughs> uh, another thing that um, was interesting to me at one point, uh, I think it was during Lorelai's fit, as they called them, uh, when she was talking about how much work they did she said something along the lines of we were up every night we killed ourselves for this we bend over backward or we breaking we're breaking your neck or something like that and you're like oh wow she's really identifying with her daughter and then she actually ends it with we're just one person yeah so it's that over identification with her child and again that brings up the well whose life is she living but she does snap out of it later and realize that, you know, maybe Harvard was her dream and not Rory's dream. And she does, you know, Lorelai will always fix herself in that way and check herself. And she tells Rory that, you know, if that's not your dream, that's okay. What she does at the end of this episode is mm-hmm. great. Yeah. But also, I got hit by a deer. <laughs> you hit a deer? Everyone no, says that to <laughs> I got hit by a deer. It's Well, yep. And that brings us right back around why the name of the episode was The Deer Hunters. She got hit by a deer. and You hit a deer? No, I, I got hit by a deer. <laughs> Which, ha- you know, it's, it's actually, if you live anywhere in the Northeast, mm-hmm. that is something that would happen. I know yeah. where I used to live in Dingman's Ferry. You yes, you would hit deer, but a lot of times you would get hit by the deer. They would just run into well, your car. She got hit at a full at a, standstill. At a full standstill, yeah, that's a little more rare, but it would happen. That happened to my dad. <laughs> uh, his car was destroyed, like at a standstill. Yeah, at a standstill. Like he told me this uh, story. Uh, it was years and years and years ago. <laughs> he and his friends went out hiking, and they came to a stop sign, and they were sitting there. Uh, waiting for their turn to go, and a deer come came running out, charged at the car, <laughs> antlers down, um, hit the car. They were like, "What?" The deer backed up, hit the car again, ah! hit the car a second time, and then ran off. And they're like, "Those doors were not usable." All right, well, <laughs> yeah, deer do this. They do. Yeah, um, male male deers as well. It was fall, so it's uh, rutting season. Um, I got in the same if if they're following the same timeline it's it's still fall right fall. yeah that's right she only starts a month late so mm-hmm. we're still in yeah. fall they don't get into it but in rutting season deers look yeah deers deer, deerses deerses all the deerses <laughs> all you little deers male deer um who are of uh, mating age look at everything as a threat to oh, no. their being able to mate so they look at a they look at a jeep and say, "Hey jeep, get away from my girl." Wow, Rory was really risking her life when she stepped out of that car. Twice. Twice. Her and she put her mother's life in danger. And wow. She and Lorelai went to go become deer hunters. Then I love I love how they end that. It's Rory wanted to find the deer. She wanted to make sure the deer was okay. Because Lori's a sweet kid. And Lorelai just went along with it, no questions asked. Because well, some some questions, but uh, over, basically no questions. So over identification issues aside, and um, living to one extent vicariously through her daughter's side, right. in the end, Lorelai supports her daughter unquestioningly. She does. She's a good mom. She is a good mom, or at least she tries to be. 
Of course, everyone has their flaws. But... Uh, a couple of random fun moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drilla playing uh, Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Love it. Um, what else do I have? Uh, the, uh, just fun random moments. Uh, the risotto. I keep, I keep writing about the risotto. <laughs> that was very important to Suki. That risotto. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode. Uh, we didn't rank the last episode. We didn't. Oh, my goodness. So um, what should our rating scale be? It was one to ten. Was cups, it, it was cups of coffee. Cups of coffee? All right. right. Yeah. So uh, how many cups of coffee would you give this episode? This episode? It was pretty good. I think. I liked it. Yeah, maybe eight point five cups of coffee, eight and I, a half. I would give it a, I would give it a strong eight and a half cups of coffee. All right. Yeah, I mean, like I could just not drink it, but you know, not in my world. I love coffee. <laughs> You'd be this. You would be the same. We had burnt coffee the other night, and you just you drank it. I mean, I know you needed I, the caffeine I too. I complained but, about it a lot, but but I, you kept I, drinking. I kept drinking it also because I just can't not drink coffee. You are Lorelai. Lorelai is my spirit animal. And I am Luke. You're going to offer me a trout? I could offer you a trout. No, I'm not going to offer you a trout. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> please don't. All right. So <laughs> looks like we're coming to an end. And yeah. we have our, our what, what are we calling it? Like our sign off. All right. So, yeah, yeah. I think this one's pretty obvious and keeping to an animal theme, unless there's something else. All right, let me hear yours. Well, I would just say oi with the deer already. Oi with the risotto already. I she thought made so. 40 different risottos. She, she, you know what? 50, yeah. 40? No, you're right. There was only one deer, but there was 50 risottos. So oi with the risotto already. So um, didn't mention this in the last episode either, but I mm-hmm. wrote it down this time. So oh, good. If you would like to talk back to us, if you want to comment on the show, you want to. Uh, tell us your thoughts, things you feel that we didn't talk about that we need to talk about. Talk back to us. You can email us, starshollowweekly at gmail.com. On Twitter, we can be found at starsweeklypod. And on Facebook, starshollowweekly. So, I think that's about it, yeah? Yeah. So I'm Tara. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. Oi, with the risotto already. Oi.